this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. And I just have to address this from the get-go because I do feel like I'm in a wind tunnel. We are having like all of the interior of our house painted. And so we moved all of our furniture out of all of our rooms and the painter wasn't using this room. I'm like, can I record in here? But it just sounds like I'm like in a wind tunnel. It's a little echoey, but that's okay. But we're gonna we're gonna get through this, we're gonna make it, and it's gonna be fine. We've we've survived worse things in and the we recording. Also know that audio Joy world. Could, like, hide in a closet with a towel over her head but it was 80 degrees here today yeah. and nobody no self-respecting Colorado <sighs> has turned on their air conditioning yet no way we definitely have but yeah and if you're asking didn't it just snow there the answer is yes it did and it's supposed to snow again as a matter of fact because this is what it's like in the springtime in Colorado it's very very weird today was a high of 81 and a low of 37 that's your weather report that's very common um, so I'm sitting here next to a puppy. Tell us the big news. So obviously I got to, but that's, that's the news. That, that is the news. news. <laughs> Last week I kind of teased it like, okay, watch our Instagram stories for an update on the dog. And we got a puppy and she's so cute. She's like eight or nine weeks old. I think her name, we named her River. Her name was Maggie. I mean, just like you, they give, you know, all the dogs in the litter names at the rescue. So we got her from a rescue called Moms and Mutts, Colorado. And basically, it's a rescue that it's a foster based rescue that takes in pregnant mutt mamas and then adopts out all their puppies. So if you're looking for a puppy in Colorado, they are a really, they, I mean, they pretty much all they have is puppies. And so originally, we had really wanted to get an older dog. We didn't really want to deal with a puppy. But I looked at probably dozens of sh- of rescues and shelters and talked to a ton of like sh- you know rescue volunteers and ap- applied to like half a dozen different foster or not fosters um rescues and some were shelter based some were foster based and it just the the number of options for adult dogs who are like truly no questions asked kid friendly were very, very few and far between. And that was our number, obviously our number one requirement. And even to the point where we didn't even want to get like a questionable dog, like, well, he was fine with kids in his old house, but he's a little bit timid now. Like, we didn't want there to be a question in our minds that this dog would be great with kids because we already had to rehome a dog due to issues with kids. And we had a dog that's really sweet, but like absolutely crazy border collie mix named Luna that I got her in 2010 or 2011. And we We had her until Miles was like two. And when we adopted her, or when I adopted her um, originally, she was totally crazy. Literally, her name was Chaos, which I should have known better than to adopt a dog named Chaos. But she was really, really sweet at first. And then um, when she got more comfortable at home, she just like became a total terror. She would bark at cars driving by. She destroyed all of our blinds and all of our screens in our house. She couldn't walk on a leash. She was just nuts. And so we spent a ton of money (laughs) and a ton of time with a professional trainer working with her and got her to the point where she had really good manners, was like fairly well behaved socially, but never quite figured out kids. And but we kind of still had we're optimistic that like she's been with us long enough. She's, you know, her demeanor is different enough that it won't be it won't be a problem. And she just never warmed up to Miles to the point where like if he gets if he got too close to her, she would kind of bare her teeth and she really would avoid him. And it was just like, you know what, this isn't fun for her to be in our family anymore. 
And it's, I don't feel confident that nothing would ever happen. And so we luckily, very luckily had a a friend who had um, been walking Luna a ton and had dog sat for her a lot. And he was just like a young guy who lived with his brother, you know. And one day we were like, hey, you know, we know that you love dogs. Like you foster dogs, you dog sit all the time, you dog walk all the time. Why don't you have a dog? You don't have your own dog. And he's like, yeah, I just haven't found the right one. And we were like, well, would you be interested in adopting Luna? And luckily he, you know, immediately said yes. And it basically has been an unbelievable situation for her. She just is living her best life still. And we still dog sit for her occasionally. But we're really grateful that we had such a straightforward solution with her. Like, I don't, we never would have taken her to a shelter or something like that. I don't think we would have rehomed her had we not had such an ideal scenario but because we'd already gone through that I felt really guilty about wanting to get another dog knowing that like Luna is still out there you know and I, I've even said to Brandon before like I don't think we will be able to get another dog until like with if Luna is still on this earth like I would just feel guilty knowing that like well maybe should we have tried harder with Luna um so we just didn't want to have even the slightest risk of getting an adult dog that wouldn't be completely 1000% family friendly and so that's why we ultimately to get a puppy and everyone was like it's gonna be so much work and I mean we're only a few days in but the hardest thing <laughs> has been managing Miles around the puppy Miles will not leave her alone like he has to be within like six inches of her at all times he is like grabbing her all the time he's talking to her all the time he brings her like he just needs to be interacting with her every waking moment of the day and she is I mean tiny puppies sleep a lot yeah and so he's like in her face while she's sleeping. Like we've, we had to tell him and somebody wrote me this on Instagram and they were like, I don't know how ethical this is, but my parents told me when I was a kid that if we pet the puppy too much, she could get sick. And like, before I had even finished reading that message, I was like, Miles, I just read that puppies can get sick if you pet them too much. <laughs> oh my God. What did he like, say? Was he, he like, oh no. No, he, his reaction to that was, okay, then everyone else needs to stop petting her because oh, I need no. all the pets. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> smarty pants we can't waste anyone else can't waste miles's pet quota petting quota <laughs> so he's hilarious. like i get them all yeah he's like well if there's a limited amount then they're all for miles so <laughs> i mean he's so sweet but like you know when you're five and a half and you're so excited it's really hard to control yourself yeah for sure that's so cute though yeah Aww. but she's been really sweet so far and like you know she's peed in the house a couple times and we're just i mean it all it all is what it is like i think because we're not that far removed from the newborn phase the sleep thing really has yet to bother me at all like we put her in a crate she did pretty well we wake up every like two or three hours and take her out and that's not a big deal to me and then the messes in the house is like people are like she's gonna chew everything i'm like i don't have anything nice yeah and if you give dogs chew toys they're not like cadet didn't chew any of our stuff because we just gave her chew toys and things to chew on and a con did you get the nature's miracle yet uh no oh it should arrive today (laughs) thanks joy sent me a care package Mm -hmm. of puppy things Nature's Miracle is the best for pet messes, by the way. The thing that that was like, that's I think been happening is that there are a lot of noises in our neighborhood. We're surrounded on all sides by other dogs. And so when she goes out, she just gets really distracted. Mm. And so then like like last night, we were outside with her for like 15 minutes in the grass, like kind of, you know, getting her to sniff around and kind of having her follow us around the yard. She was doing really good, but she didn't pee. And then we walk inside and she immediately walked over to the carpet and peed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we were just outside. So, you oh know, that's gosh, fine. Yeah. It's a learning curve. Yeah. Uh, we're like this morning, she didn't want to go on the dew. You know, like the grass is really dewy and she got like mm-hmm. set her down on the grass mm-hmm. and she looked up to me like, uh-uh. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. 
but she's really sweet. So we named her, I think I already said this, we named her River. She's a lab Aussie mix. Like a thousand people have wrote us and said, she looks like a Catahoula. I can't, I don't know if she's a Catahoula or not. How does, do you know Aussie. who her parents are or do they just take pregnant moms? What they is the shelter? They only knew the mom. Oh, okay. And I think she was like an Aussie mix. The but, mom was an Aussie mix. Yeah, oh, okay. but but their puppies look so lab. I don't even think they knew she was pregnant when she first arrived at the foster. Oh, okay. okay. So I think, so then I don't know if they like how they figured out what type of a mix she was with the Aussie, but I think we'll eventually end up doing one of those genetic tests, potentially. I don't know. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I don't strongly, I don't feel strongly about knowing like the exact genetic makeup of my dog, but sure. um, she's got this really interesting blue merle color with these huge big spots and she's just really cool looking so we're really excited um if you have any tried and true puppy tips i don't actually joy pretty much has all the tried and true puppy tips so i don't really Mm -hmm. even know if i need extra help but you um, just ask me tried and true puppy tricks i've got them all i know it's been great (laughs) we're all like like i said we're only like three days in and i've just been like so what should i start with Mm -hmm. yeah but she's really smart um you know it's only been a couple of days. She's still just getting comfortable. So yeah, really, when you first get a puppy, it's mostly just letting them relax and adjust to their new environment and learning their name because it's a lot of change for them. And they're so young that they just kind of need to get settled into their new home. Yeah, so we're super excited. And um, the one thing that's been really hard so far is because she doesn't have all her shots yet. And so we can't take her anywhere. Mm-hmm. And like we, you know, our the people at the shelter or the rescue told us not to even take her on walks if we live in a neighborhood with a lot of dogs right which we do and so like we can't even you know really let her out of the yard thankfully we have this big nice fenced in backyard and front yard but like so we can't take her to the park with the kids you know and romp around and that's been the hardest part so far is because the kids want to take her places right and yeah. so i mean that'll be over soon but that's been of all the things to be tough like i didn't expect that to be the hardest part of being yeah. like, no, we can't leave because they don't have all her shots yeah We'll keep posting pictures. She's so cute. Don't worry. I definitely will. All right. So that's the big news on your end. We got a couple emails this week that I just wanted to address like a blanket statement. Um, And I'm not going to share the emails because they weren't, I think they were more private for just me to read, but it had a lot to do with therapists with some questionable behavior and the writers were asking me, and it's just kind of weird, we got two in the same week. So I'm like, I think I just need to address this. And we got a third in a DM today, too. Like, just Did you a really? Minutes ago. Oh, I didn't it was see a little that one more, yet. It was a little more basic. But yeah. like, yeah, we're hearing from a surprisingly a lot of people all the same amount of time with beha- with therapists who are yeah. behaving in really... Like questionable behavior for a therapist. That they're yeah. kind of going, is this is this okay like when your gut feeling is going, okay, this seems weird. And then they're just emailing me asking if their behavior is okay. And it's really not. And part of me is like, what is going on with these therapists that are graduating and they're horrible therapists? So the bottom line is, if it, here's, the, here's my rule. And I graduated from grad school in 2003. So I may be a little old school, but I do not text with patients or clients. That is a huge red flag. It's a huge boundary violation. If you have to text your therapists or if you have your therapist's cell phone number, that's a red flag. I don't know any practice or any therapist that would allow that to text unless they had some kind of like email system where a text just like went to an inbox in their email. Like that, I guess, would be okay. Yeah, but or like I've received appointment reminders sure, via text that are totally from like a scheduler. A robot, right. Yes. 
But if you're, if you're receiving text messages from your therapist from like her cell phone, or if you have a texting relationship with your therapist, that is a red flag. I think that's a poor boundary violation in therapy. You have to have very strict boundaries about your relationship for a variety of reasons, but that is something that I think is really not good behavior. And if you get into any type of, if you could call it an argument or some kind of discussion where it's like a back and forth over email or text, also not a good sign. Your therapist should never be communicating you, communicating with you, like with long emails or long texts when it's not a session. So, I mean, those are the things that people are asking about. I'm like, no, absolutely not. I would never text a patient. If you had to communicate with me between sessions, it would be a very brief phone call. That's it. I have a rule that when patients email me, I keep it to two to three sentences max. If it gets more than that, you're starting to get into a conversation and it's just that stuff needs to be worked out in the therapy room or at least discussed in the therapy room. Then if you need services in between your therapist sessions, you should be calling a crisis line or something that if you need more then that just shows that you need more intervention. Um, in some or you circumstances, need to set up, you need to set up another appointment in between your sessions or you need to see if you can get in the next day or something like. Well, that's also that's another thing is you you shouldn't need in very few situations should you need more than it sure. kind of depends like a level of care for therapy. If you're in therapy, the level of care should be about once a week, maybe I mean, in very rare occasions, twice a week. If you're seeing your therapist more than twice a week, I guarantee it's kind of what we call a high, higher level of care for certain scenarios. But if it's just kind of like a private practice type of therapist, I don't think you should be calling your therapist to be like, I need to see you tomorrow. That's kind of pushing boundaries. And I would kind of reevaluate that scenario. Um, Only because if you need something like really quick and urgently, that's more for something like a crisis line. But anyway, as far as behavior from therapists, I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, if they kind of cross a boundary where they're acting more like a friend or what was the other one that I'm thinking of? Just kind of like comparing you to other patients of hers uh, or his For instance, if they say, well, I'm going to see you for such and such sessions because I have patients that are more cute than you. I mean, like things like that are just, I can't believe a a therapist would say something so egregious. (laughs) Uh, So if they're giving you advice around like making a big decision, if they're actually making a decision for you, that's another thing that I think is a a red flag. But the bottom line, you guys, is trust your gut. If you feel like what they're doing is not appropriate or crossing a boundary, and if you don't know like if it's a boundary or not, like if it just feels weird, then it probably is weird. And I think that that's something you really need to pay attention to too. So I just really want to encourage you if you're with a therapist and they're doing some type of like odd behavior, either confront them or ask them about it. Or if it's really inappropriate, <laughs> you can report them to a licensing board. Every state has a licensing board for licensed professional counselors or LCSWs, licensed clinical social workers or PhDs or PsyDs. You can report them to the board if you feel like they're not abiding by their ethical laws. So there's very strict rules that that therapists and PhDs have to, um, or, you know, psychologists have to abide by. And I think that it could do a lot of damage to patients if they're not following that. So I just want to make sure that people are aware that not all the time, just like a medical doctor can do malpractice, therapists can really cross lines with their boundaries and be reported and lose their license. Can you also talk about therapists who react to the things you're saying, like how a therapist, what's like maybe a healthy and a less healthy way that a therapist reacts to 
what you ask from them. Like, I'm just thinking, you know, some of these examples that I've heard of sound a little bit gaslighty, you know, really like the therapist is, is making the patient feel like, well, you know, you're the patient is responsible for the therapist reaction. Can you give me like an example, like make something up? So like if you were to go to your therapist and say, it bothered me when you said this, and the therapist would say, oh, well, well, you're the one that you're the one that yeah, <laughs> that is so unbelievably unprofessional. It kind of churns my stomach. So if ever you kind of, I, I guess this is a I'm not this is actually not like a clinical term. I'm just making this up, but it's kind of like crossing. What is it like crossing the third wall when the you're watching wall. something yeah, in the, the fourth, fourth wall. wall, whatever walls you're crossing. It's just not okay for a therapist to say something that is almost like you're in a relationship. Like that's if you thing, feel like, that's something you say to your friend. Or yes, like that's something spouse. you say to your friend or your spouse. That's, if you don't say anything of that nature to your to a therapist never says that to their patient. There's a very specific and strong relationship line that is that is the responsibility of the therapist, not the patient. The therapist should be teaching the patient how the relationship goes. And if they're opening, and if you've never been in therapy before, you may think that this is normal, but it is absolutely not normal. If they're ever, you know, making you feel like you did something wrong, or they're making you feel bad, or that you're, you know, oh, I have more, I guess, sick patients than you. I mean, all of this I is just that's like, horrible that's behavior. That's really right. The root of the um, sort of made up example I was thinking of is like when your patient, when your therapist makes you feel bad for something you yeah, said. One hundred percent. It's like, that's why you're in therapy is so that you can say stuff without worrying about feeling bad about it. Unless you're like truly being abusive, in which case your therapist, like you said, it's their responsibility to hold that boundary. Well, either way, right. It goes either way. I mean, I've kicked someone out of my office before for, and it was, it was warranted because he was, uh, it was a situation with a child. And I was like, you're not going to talk to this child this way. And so that's an appropriate situation where I'm looking out for the well-being of the child and the parent was not following the boundary that I had set for the therapy room. That's the scenario where it would go the other way where I would say you need to leave. So can you give maybe an example of a, oh, an appropriate way in your opinion and in your experience that like what would it look like for a therapist to appropriately bring up that you know, hey, this might not be a good fit anymore. Because we've for talked about what it's it like. Yeah, because we've talked about what it's like for if you are a patient, mm, who's like, yeah. I might not, this might not be a good fit. How do I bring it up with my therapist that I want to see other therapists? But like, how would it be? What do you think? Yeah, that when that I think it's, like? that's a really good question, because I feel like most of the time when people want to break up with their therapist, they either just stop going, or they may have that conversation. I think confrontation at face value is not easy for everybody to do, myself included. I don't think anyone's really good at it. But I think when a therapist feels, I think when a therapist feels that the patient is no longer making progress. So for example, if I had someone in my office who I felt like we were just kind of spinning our wheels and we weren't making progress, how I look at it isn't so much of, we're not a good fit anymore as I'm not sure I'm the best person for you to carry on with therapy because I've noticed that you haven't made progress over the last few months. What do you think about that or the whatever the time that we've been together? And they may say, yeah, actually, I feel like I'm just spinning, but you really help me in these ways. And then we have a conversation about why I mean, it's always important to have to talk to a patient about why they're spinning and staying in one one place. Um, and there's a lot of you know rabbit trails, bunny trails I could go off of on that topic. But 
I think for the ethical behavior of a therapist to then say, I, you are here to see me for treatment. And if I am not, first of all, you need to have a very specific treatment plan. If you're in therapy and you don't know your treatment plan, you should ask your therapist, what is my treatment plan? Because you should be moving forward and you should have goals and you should have benchmarks so that you know that you're making progress. How do you know you're making progress if they don't tell you what your treatment goals are? And sometimes if you go into therapy, you kind of name what treatment goals you want, but there should be some type of like forward movement every time you go in. I personally, just my own personal over the years of what I've done, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of talk therapy just for the sake of talking. I'm a, I'm a fan of talking through things with a purpose. But some people really like that. That's not a patient that I would take. If you if a if a therapist is saying, "Look, I just feel like we are at a standing point. We haven't made much progress. What do you think about that?" Then we'd have a discussion about. It kind of opens the door for the patient to then say. Actually, yeah, I think I'm ready to to move on or I feel like I'm not getting enough direction from you. Um, I think it's the therapist's role to really put that out there first and foremost. Like I would do that almost in every in, in the first session with every patient. I would say, hey, if you ever feel like we are not a good fit, and I know that may not be very clear to you right now, but down the road, if it ever comes to that point, I really I want you to know that the door is open for us to have that discussion so I can help you uh, choose a therapist that would be a better fit for you. So those are kind of the things, just generally speaking, that I think a therapist would say in order to have you progress with someone else, possibly. Okay, one last question. And this was actually from our um, Q&A last week, a leftover one. And you've definitely talked about this before, but just since we're on the topic, um, can you give us a little bit of your rundown on therapy apps? Oh, yeah. So BetterHelp. So the two really more popular apps are Talkspace and BetterHelp. I I think I mentioned this in one of our episodes previously, but one of our like 400 episodes. Um, but I actually signed up for BetterHelp or Talkspace, one of the two, because I wanted to see what it was about. I, I as a therapist, wanted to see how they screened and onboarded their professionals. Because I was like, if people are going to be using this app, I just want to know more about it. And especially because I work in healthcare and I work for therapy, you know, in a therapy department, I wanted to see kind of what the quote, not competition, but I just wanted to see like where the future is going with therapy because it's really interesting. And I can say, I think it was BetterHelp. I'm assuming both do the same because they're very similar apps, but BetterHelp did a really good job of credentialing their therapist. That just means they kind of put you through a very extensive application process in order for you to be onboarded onto their app. So you can trust that people don't have grievances filed against them or an inactive license, things of that nature that you would probably want to, you could, here's a hot tip. Anybody who's seeing a therapist, you can go online right now to the board. Um, Ours is called DORA. It's Department of Regulatory Agencies. And you can go to any Department of Regulatory Agencies in your state and you can look up your therapist's license and make sure they have no grievances and make sure that they have no, or that make sure that they have an active license. Um, so that's something that you can also do before you go see someone is make sure they don't have grievances and that will, that is public record. But, but better up, and I'm going to assume Talkspace, but I was on the Better Up app, does a really good job of screening providers. Now, What I've heard feedback from people who've done it is it really is limiting on what you can do for therapy, which I can see. Like it's kind of, it's an app, it's video, it's texting. You know, you text on the app. This is the only time that I would think texting is appropriate because you message each other through the app. So that is already an expectation that's set up. And that's a way that the therapist and the uh, patient decide to communicate. But I think that that's something that I would recommend if you have 
if you're not going to do anything, you know, I'd rather, rather you do that than do nothing. Because I think that that type of support, if you're in an area or if it's just not, if therapy is not something you can afford, I think, you know, to do an actual session every week, I think the apps can be a huge benefit because it, um, you know, reduces barrier to entry of people getting therapy and getting support. I have heard, you know, with some more severe or, you know, mild to moderate and even severe diagnoses, it's just not going to fit the bill for that type of patient. And so people who might be on the app, the therapist may would hopefully say, I think you need to seek help in, in these areas. Let me help help you find resources. But I do think that they're good for, for help, period. You don't need to know or even compare yourself to be like, well, maybe I'm not you know, maybe my issues are more severe, maybe I'm too serious for the app, just try it. The professional will be the one to say, hey, I'm so glad that you reached out here, but I think we might need to get you some help in areas that are, you know, in person closer to you, those types of things. But I think it's great. I think it's great. I think it's a resource. We also, in in my line of work, refer patients to apps like Headspace. We do a lot of meditation apps. Silver Cloud is another one. Um, so I think it's really cool that we are able to kind of use all of these tools virtually. I know it's been around for quite some time, but it still is, is really neat that, you know, when I started, it's like you go to a therapy office and you just do therapy in person. And now we're in this virtual world where, where teletherapy is like ruling everything because of COVID. So if you guys ever have any questions about therapy, again, please feel free to reach out to us. You know, the, the um, few emails that we have gotten, we'd still respond to especially if it's a therapy email, we are pretty good about responding to those. I also personally try, once I realize that it's like a lot of people will open up and say, hey, this is for joy. I try to respect that and not like, sometimes I'll just sort of glance over it so I can text joy and say like, hey, you have an email in the inbox for you. It's sort of about this. But like, I try to respect people's privacy. We really appreciate everybody who puts themselves out there to reach out about that. For sure. And especially if you have a question about how to find a therapist in your area, we have a highlight for that on our Instagram profile. It's the information's pretty old but it's still very much applicable like here's how you start to think about just searching for a therapist and here's how you start to think about who might be the right fit for you I think the other thing to remember is that therapists are all so different and you you know if you've tried therapy before and it wasn't a good fit that doesn't necessarily mean that like you are doomed to never have a good therapist Mm -hmm. you know I feel like I always use this comparison when it has anything to do with the hairstylist the hairstylist one where it's like you wouldn't go to you know because everyone gets it it's like there are so many things like that where it's like you wouldn't get a haircut get one bad haircut and be like, that's it. I'm never getting my haircut again. I'm just not the type of person who gets haircuts. And yet we're so quick to do that with so many other things. And I think therapy is one we're so quick to do that with where we're like, no, I like had a bad therapist or I didn't really like it. I'm never going back. I'm therapist. Yeah. Therapy just doesn't work for me. Well, the, the other thing is hairstylist is pretty, I guess, you know, straightforward. I think what, uh, at least for totally. me too, it's less of a vulnerable it's situation, so, but it's so hard to find a good one too. It's just like, yes, you know, I, my therapist retired in October. And I just I haven't looked for another one because I'm just like, oh, I just I will. Okay, it's and also it's kind of hard to find just, a good hairstylist, though. It's that's very true. Yeah. Like, and then the other thing that's really hard is, I mean, boohoo me, but it's hard to find a therapist who knows how to counsel therapists because I cannot tell you how many times. Well, it's luckily it hasn't been a lot, but I can easily find when I sit down with a therapist if they're kind of intimidated because there are people that will be intimidated that you're a therapist. Um, if they're a therapist and they're like, oh, well, I don't know what to do with her um, because it's like, oh, you know all the tricks. So it's kind of like staring in a, into a mirror. They're like, okay, uh <laughs> 
But I remember one time I went to a therapist and the entire time I was talking, she would say, she would finish everything and she'd be like, well, you probably already know this. And I'd be like, no, I don't. I need you to like not tell me that I know all these things already. If I I knew this, why would I be here? I need you to be a therapist. I need you to not like be worried that I like already know these things. I'm here for help. (laughs) Please, please just help me. Please just take my money and help me. And I never went back. I was just like, that was horrible. But it is hard. It's hard to find a good therapist. It is worth the search. Um, You know, I I always recommend going online before you see a therapist and or even choose a therapist and just like read their bios and read what they have to say online. If you like their website, if you like what they have to say, if you like their, their, the you know, the pictures and like the beautiful scenery they have. I mean, just anything that kind of attracts you. I think websites are a great place to kind of start and get a vibe for what the therapist is. Um, okay. So yeah, happy to help with any therapy related questions you guys might have. All right. So we're going to finish up with a few, sorry, if you can hear like dog hacking in the background. Um, I can't hear it. Okay, great. We're going to finish up with some Q and a leftover from last week. Great. I also don't want to forget about people's voice memos uh, about COVID, and we will put all those together. Yeah, so there's still time to send them. Maybe this will be the last week that you can send them in. Yeah. And we'll put all those together into like a special bonus episode. So if you want to talk about your experience with COVID, especially if you live abroad outside of the U.S., but really if anything that you feel like was unique to your experience, please send us a voice memo. You can record it on your phone. Send it to thisisjoyandclaire at gmail.com. And we've really enjoyed listening to your guys' experiences. Yeah, I love it. Thank you, guys. Okay. Okay, let's start with this one. Funning in adulthood. What brings you joy, especially ideas for non-COVID times? Funning? Well, because the warmer weathers are upon us. The warmer weathers. The warmer the warmer <laughs> temperatures. The warmer temperatures are upon us. I just love gardening. I love like the past weekend I sat outside and I just planted flowers on my deck. And I I mean they're all like in pots because most of our yard is landscaped, but I just love planting annuals and being outside in the sun, walking the dogs. I feel like COVID has truly just made me appreciate the little things where it used to be like, let's go to concerts at Red Rocks, which by the way, Scott got his first ticket to an upcoming show at Red Rocks and he's so excited. Which one is he going to? uh, Ben Harper. Oh, fun. Yeah. That'll be so fun. So anyway, I just feel like this, I'm I'm starting small because COVID has just made us all kind of very cautious and I don't want to go too crazy making plans or doing things, but it'll be all outdoors. <laughs> it'll be all totally. outdoors. We still have tickets to Eliza Schlesinger. <laughs> We do? No. Oh, you do. I was like, did we? We got, because we got tickets to Mean Girls. Right, we had Mean Girls tickets um, from Mean Girls the Musical. Yeah, Brandon and I do. And um, we were supposed to go for his birthday last year on That's March 14th. Right. And so, oh my gosh. as far as I know, it's like next, supposed to be next month. I haven't gotten an update about whether or not that that's still the plan. Part of me kind of feels like it might not be. But um, TBD. TBD. I'm very excited about that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, as you guys know, I'm very, I love like hiking. I love being in the mountains. I love being outside. I also really love gardening. I really love baking. I think the biggest thing that I have really come to, the biggest thing that I miss when I think about non-COVID times is just like being an if you guys haven't heard the recent episode of Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us with Samin Nostrat, go listen to it. You guys know I don't listen to that many podcasts, but I love Samin and I really like Brene. I'm not like quite as much of as like a Brene devotee as yeah. some people we know named Joy, but um, I 
do really like her and I really like her interview style. So this podcast is really good. And Samin in it talks about how she misses just like being in a room with people, just not doing anything that like she misses, you know, like with COVID, you can still see your friends, but you have to like, you know, you're having a meal outside or you're hiking or like you're doing something. Right. You really, we really miss out on just like hangout time. Yeah. So just good old fashioned hangout time. I miss that and I'm looking forward to it coming back. Just like chilling with friends and like, so yeah, I am excited for that. And I miss that just sort of like casual socialization a lot. Okay. Um, We've covered this before, but just say it again. As of right now, we are loosely planning on going to the CrossFit Games. We don't have our travel plans yet, but we would really like to make it happen. What's both of your biggest pet peeves? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much any time, like... What's the plan for this is a big pet peeve of mine. Mm, mm-hmm. Where like like you seeing it, you seeing it and going, what's the plan for this? Yeah. Or when someone, time, what's the plans for this to you? Doing okay. like Mike, pretty much Brandon not putting things away. One mm. of my biggest pet peeves right now is that he does this thing and I hate it. He's going to listen to this and he's going to yell at me for saying this, but he doesn't clean things as he goes. He never has. And I've complained about this in the podcast before. He doesn't clean as he goes. He just like stacks everything up and then puts it all away at the end. He just puts it all away at the end. And it makes me crazy because half the time he's not keeping this not half the time. Not it's more than once in a blue moon, does he like stack everything up and then just walk away? So when you're talking about like stacking things, what so, are we like, talking about? If Papers, like, dishes, dishes, ingredients. So like if he's like, say that he's making breakfast for himself before he leaves for work in the morning, he will put like the egg carton with the, you know, the rest of the eggs in it, the yeah. the butter stick, the like bread and the PB, the jar of peanut butter and jelly that he made a PB and J with the blender, the like bananas that he used, like everything, instead of just putting things away as he uses them, he'll just stack them, he'll put them all, he'll stage them, as he says, all on the counter together as if he's going to like do one final moment of putting everything away all at once. Okay. But then he he leaves them there and then I come out and I'm like, oh wow, here are all of Brandon's ingredients because Brandon always leaves, like normally before I even wake up in the morning. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's my biggest I feel like I have a lot that Scott is, that Scott hates. I think I've mentioned before that Scott won't put, Scott won't twist the tops on anything. So anytime I pick something up, it like flies out of my hand or it spills. I'm like, gosh, dang it. The thing that he does too is he'll eat, like we buy, let's say a box of crackers at Costco. You know how like two packs come in a box. And so he'll just keep taking the bags out and then he'll leave an empty box in there because he's forgotten that he ate the other bag. And so I'll go in and I'll just have an empty bag in there or an empty box. So he often does like or like the last like crumbs of chips at the bottom of a bag. He'll yes. just like leave. Brandon also does that. Like the other day he put away, um, what was it? It was something like there was like a cracker box with like one cracker in it. Or, <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate this. And he does this. And then we can stop just like complaining about our husbands. Although I do think it's healthy to some degree. He doesn't take, um, he won't like, we'll have multiple cartons of eggs in our fridge at one time. Like we'll maybe have two or three dozen eggs in our fridge at a time. He doesn't finish one carton necessarily before starting the next one. So I'll look in the fridge and think like, oh, wow, we still have two dozen eggs. And in reality, each carton only has three eggs in it. Oh, my God. It makes me crazy. Oh, my God. That's so funny. So the other thing that I think is hilarious is I know Scott has so many about me. One of them is I will often in the morning, like if the trash is full, if the trash is full, I will like just stuff the trash bag with trash like around and I'll just kind of pull the strings up like I'm going to take it out, but I'll like, I'm going to take it out when I'm on my way to work. 
and it drives him crazy because he's like, the trash is just right outside. Why don't you just take the trash out? But it just, I always laugh because I'm like, it gets like, if I know that he's going to be out and like see the trash bag handles pulled up, like I'm, you're about to take the trash out. Drives him nuts. That's your thing. That would drive me nuts too, actually, if you did that. Really? It's okay. Let's do two more. We actually got a lot of, by the way, you guys submitted some really good questions about working with a naturopath. And I think at some point I'll talk a little bit longer about your questions specifically because I thought they were really, really good. So I just wanted to call that out. Okay, someone at this is this is more serious, but thoughts on the Derek Chauvin trial. So that happened two last week, one week ago. And I am very happy with the verdict. Yep. Yeah. That's same. the word I was looking for. Same. I was surprised. I was just so nervous. Here's the thing. The feeling was similar to when I was waiting for the election results. Yes. And it, and even after the verdict was read, I still felt similarly to like when we heard when we finally kind of realized what the election results were going to be, where I felt like someone was going to jump out from a closet and be like, just kidding. Right. Exactly. Where yeah. I was like, really? The, really? OK. OK. I know. I yeah. was um, really surprised, but definitely felt relieved. So, yeah, I remember feeling like so stressed and so nervous for the election outcome. And then, of course, like we're so relieved, but we're also I I love that this happened. And with any of these events, or I guess you could say victories, is that it is not the end of the work for white people. And that's something that I think I always have in the back of my mind as well. Okay, one more? Yeah, one more. Does JT miss going to work with you? JT is enjoying his retired life. He loves it. He stays home all day. He sleeps. He's doing great. He's living his best life. He doesn't have any type of like urge to go to the door and go to work with me. Cadet goes to work with me now. He's totally retired and transitioned well into his life. So he's doing great. On JT. JT. I was totally thinking of you. I've been thinking of you this whole time with a puppy thinking like about, I think that River is about as old as Cadet was when you got her. Mm-hmm. And I still am like a little bit resentful <laughs> that I <laughs> haven't been able to spend any time with cadet because of covid i mean you and i have talked about this a ton that i'm like i can't believe i've only met cadet once yeah and you know by the time that covid is over cadet your time with cadet will almost be done and i never met cadet when she was like a tiny puppy but um it's i've been thinking a lot about like puppy raising and you know like just what that process has been like for you and the process thinking about like the people who raised jt and it's just so funny to think about jt as a puppy because he's just always been such an old man ever since the first day such an old man he's always been an old man and I see how much of an old man he is compared to cadet even you know even as a two-year-old JT was more of an old man and it's just so funny to see the difference in their personalities I love it they're just the best I remember that when you when you first met him and they were like we're sorry Joy he's not he doesn't run yeah and you were like, um, okay. Yeah, I was like, it's fine. Because like when you apply to a, for a dog at CCI, they kind of like ask what kind of lifestyle you have. And, you know, do you have any, I guess, deal breakers really, which to me, I'm like, heck no, you're training this amazing dog. I do not have deal breakers, but you know what I mean. And so it was just really cute because they saw how active I was because I would like go running every day when I was like staying there for two weeks. And they're like, sorry, Joy, he's not a runner. And it really is true. It's so cute. If you even start to pick up the pace with JT, he just starts dragging behind and you look back and he's just looking at you like, no, that's just not going to happen. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. Me and JT should hang out. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Oh, can so, I do one more? Yes. Real quick? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Someone asked what you're currently watching or reading. So anybody out there who's watching, uh, who watches The Handmaid's Tale, the fourth season is out this week. 
Scott and I were watching it last week because I was just like, okay, I I am too far into this show. It is too emotional for me to just not finish it because I'm like, they have taken so much of my emotion. I'm not letting them get away with this. I'm finishing this darn series. And I really hope this is the last series because it's gone on for way too long. But Scott and I were watching this. He's like, it is, I mean, there's parts where it's like, it just is really bad, but I just want to finish it. So anyone out there who's a Handmaid's Tale watcher, I wouldn't say it's a, you're a fan. I mean, the actors are amazing, but the story is just super, super dark. So I'm going to be watching the fourth season this week and hope it doesn't bum me out, but I'm really, really looking forward to it ending. And then we also, we also watched The Sound of Metal last night, which was so good. I'm really bummed that we like waited this long to watch it, but I think you just have to be, I told Scott, cause it's like, gosh, I wish we would have watched this sooner. And I'm like, sometimes I just can't handle, like I know when things are going to be so emotional and yeah. I can't do it. So I just avoid shows or That's movies. That's why that I, I never watch like, new shows or movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean like, like I knew it was good, but I was just like, am I really ready for the story? Like, because I knew how sad it was going to be. It's actually really, really a great movie. But um, and then we watched the Oscars and it was great. So I, I highly recommend Sound of Metal. Reminiscing on like the three year run that we had where we would always do, like the Oscar I ballads know. and have like an Oscars watch party. That was so fun. God, that was so fun. And I'd make the make the little orange chicken from Costco. Yes. And Brandon thought I was like a professional chef and it made me feel so good. <laughs> Because every time he'd come over, yeah, he'd be like, like, oh, my God, these are amazing. I'm like, thank you. I guess I just like puffed them in the oven. I craved them myself. We don't, I don't know why. I was actually just talking about this with somebody this week. Uh, we don't go to Costco. We don't have a Costco membership. I don't know why we don't. And I mean, the big reason, the main reason is that there's not one like super close to us. Sure. And so I don't know. We just don't. And so like oh, all the Costco, Costco tricks. You can just wow Brandon every time. Oh, every single time. Oh my gosh. I have so many things that I like want to buy, but I'd be like, what would I feed this to? Brandon. Brandon is the answer. Maybe that's the real reason subconsciously that we don't have a Costco (laughs) membership because I know in the end we would actually just spend way more on food because we'd have so many more choices. You would have so many more choices and so many things that you could pop in the oven or microwave to make. And Brandon would be very happy. He would be very happy. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for hanging in there with us for another week. You can find us online. We are on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can go to joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. We will talk to you next week. Bye, Bye. guys.